uh, Skullboys. The Street Press Podcast with Sean Fraser. For a start, there are not enough white men doing podcasts. I've got to always support that when that comes along. I was talking to a mate today at a baby queue. We didn't cook a baby. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that yeah. was. I just want to thank you. Yeah, no, it was me. He wouldn't shake our hand until he finished putting on his glove. Imagine what he's like during the pandemic. <laughs> well, I got you here for the podcast after your big night last oh. night, so I'm stoked with that. I get a thrill knowing that you're doing what you're doing. That's good. Well, I don't know what I'm doing today. We're just sort of just winging it. Did you moon Kylie Minogue? Yeah. Hello and welcome to the Street Press Podcast. My name is Sean Fraser. Hope you've been well. Hope you've had a great week so far. Hey, I want to firstly say a big shout out to anyone and everyone who turned up to the You and My gig at Everglades on Saturday night. Uh, obviously, my band, the Ritzy Kids, we played there and uh, it went off. <laughs> it was wild. Uh, I think shortly before we played, we got told there was only like 12 tickets left on the door. So, look, I don't have the confirmation, but I'm pretty sure it sold out. There was, you know, 400-odd bodies in the room uh, enjoying the night, having a great time. And, uh, yeah, we jumped on first. And then Lion Island, our friends, they got up there. And they pumped away, and then you and I finished the night, and it was a spectacular time. Had a great time. Just wanted to get that off my chest first. But today's episode, hey, this is a special one, and I know I say it's a special one most weeks, but the reason this one's so special is because this is the most requested artist on the street press. Uh, What are we? We're getting close to 70 episodes now, and Ben from Slowly Slowly, the singer of this band from Melbourne, is the most requested person. So sometimes I tell people to hit up the request box on the website, thestreetpress.com, and Ben's name has come up the most amount of times. So I've been trying to get him on for a little while, but he's so, so busy. Uh, it's been It's incredible. I mean... He's he's writing albums for not only Slowly Slowly, but he's got his own project called Too Slow. Uh, He's writing music for other people. He's going over to Los Angeles to do writing excursions for, you know, months at a time. So it has been hard to get him on. But I want to shout out to Janine Morkos. She has been trying to hunt him down for months. And finally, we got each other on a Zoom call. We both had about 30 minutes free, um, jumped on the Zoom, and it was a really great chat. We chat about uh, why he had to move his studio out of his house, how he's always thinking about music, almost as if it's like a sickness. We talk about the drunken escapades in Gosford. I went and saw Slowly Slowly play with Stan Atlantic at Drifter's Wharf, and I bring up that show to him, and he says, uh, they started drinking nice and early. But why not? You're rock stars. That's cool. Um, we talk about Triple J. They did I Miss You. Everyone knows that song, right? Uh, they played I Miss You and did their own version of that, and it's like a really heavy, cool version, so we chat about that. We talk about his move from being a drummer, hit back at the stage one day, to uh, deciding to take up vocals and guitar, where he is sitting right now. We talk about our love for Blink-182, and they are playing the Good Things Festival. So if you've got tickets, you'd be absolutely silly not to go and see Slowly Slowly. They are amazing, an amazing, amazing band. So let's get him on. This is Ben, lead singer of the band Slowly Slowly. Yeah, I'm good, mate. How you going? Yeah, pretty good. What did you do today? Uh, I've just been here in my like writing room studio space um, down in North Fitzroy, just 
grinding it away. I don't know. It's uh, It's been good. I had one of those days where I was, everything was going really awesome, I thought, and then it all just sort of fell apart, like House of Cards, everything I've made, but that's all right. You write a lot, don't you? Yeah, write quite a bit, and that's, I guess, when you write a lot, you realise how much shit you have to write to get to the good stuff. And, uh, yeah, there's definitely no shortage of the former. <laughs> so you spend a lot of time at home writing, recording. Is that sort of your setup at the moment? Is that what you're doing? I've got, like, this this is my little space in North Fitzroy, and then I live up uh, uh, sort of 20 minutes north of here. So um, uh, like I, after COVID, I just needed to get out of the house. Like, I couldn't couldn't write from home anymore, so I separated the two, and it was, like, it was great. Yeah, that's one of those things, isn't it? You, I suppose with COVID, a lot of people sort of made studios in their homes because of it. They weren't allowed to go yeah. out and whatnot. And then there is that impact that it can have on your personal life, I suppose, if you're constantly in a bedroom of your home and you're not out doing other things kind of thing. Yeah, it was just like a, a constant distraction point for me. It's nice to like sort of like lock everything, like, you know, uh, because otherwise I would do that thing where I'd like sit down on the couch or whatever and then I'd be like, oh, actually. And then like I just I would just never be present. Like and I, and I think it's like maybe okay for, for me to listen to like an, a drum loop for two hours while I'm writing something over yeah. the top of it. But like my poor wife would uh, <laughs> push, her, push her to her limit of sanity. Are you constantly thinking about music? Yeah, yeah, it's like that's 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 my main problem. That'd be like if I had to pick a problem in my life that I could get make go away. That's my problem. I just can't switch up. It's funny. A lot of people would love to have that problem, but it is draining, isn't it? It does. It does get draining. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Definitely has its pros and long list of cons. But yeah, anyway, I don't, I don't want to be too much of a downer. You know, we wouldn't have beautiful good things coming up if I wasn't such a workaholic <laughs> exactly exactly hey i was listening to eminem talking the other day and even though you know he's, he's made all these records he's made all these millions of dollars he still makes sure that he goes nine to five in the studio and then when it gets to five o'clock and if he's working with someone and it's 501 he's like packing up his stuff and the guy that's like he's working with will be like where are you going and he's like no we can we can start again at nine like you can put a pause on things and come back wow yeah, I need it. I think, uh, yeah, I feel like there's like some, I don't know what the like magic level of achievement is where it would allow you to stop chasing as hard and, and be able to put like a line in the sand like that because that sounds very attractive to me to be able to do that. But, but I think, um, you know, it's that forever, it's like the horizon. It just keeps moving that achievement, you know, and it's like yeah. when, and I just don't know when I'm going to get there when I can just exhale a bit. Yeah, but, it's like it, has Paul McCartney gotten there? Like, you know, like yeah, true. No one gets it. Do you ever get to a point where you go, oh, "I've done enough. I've written enough songs." Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. And then, like, I've been on this massive like gear tear lately of just buying shit just to for some new sounds and inspiration, mm. and that that's exhausting in itself. Just you know, and this stuff. There's so many plugins too. Oh my god! Yeah, I don't get started on that shit. I'm like, I'm just like, I think because for years I wrote just on guitar, and now that you know, since I've been writing with other people and learning tricks and collaborative 
stuff, it's like uh, my world's just sort of open and I just go, you can write a song with anything. I can teach myself how to play that or that or that or that. And it's like sometimes you like spend all this time gathering your tools when you just should be working. <laughs> instead. <laughs> I, I No, I, I feel you. I totally feel you. Hey, I kicked off this podcast about a year ago. We've been doing episodes every week and you are the most requested person. Um, oh, shit. Yeah, your name comes up quite a bit. Wow. I've had a bunch of people on here and and you've entered a lot of conversations. Beck Stevens I had on this podcast a little while ago. When it comes to people listening, they've they've said you've got to get Ben on. And I'm so, so stoked that it's finally happened. Oh wow. This is yeah, it's not gonna live up to the hype at all. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's all right. Um, your story's great. I love your story because it starts at the back of the stage. You weren't a front man, you were yeah. a drummer. Yes, I was a drummer. And I actually have just taken a real return to the drums in the last like six months. And I'm like, I think I ran away from drums for so long because I was, um, because you are hidden at the back of the stage. And I always, you know, I was a little bit of a, like a backseat driver in past bands uh, because I felt like in my core, I was a songwriter. And now that I've like, I think established that, I haven't sat behind a drum kit properly and written or tinkered properly you know in in Mm. so many years because it was like that line in the sand but then like now I've uh I did some writing over in LA and a bunch of the different producers that I wrote with had drum kits set up in the corner of the room and we'd finish like a song or whatever and they'd be like you know it'd be good to put some live drums on this or something and then I'd be like oh I can play drums (laughs) and I got on the drums and like played a bit and they're like oh you're good at the drums and I was like fuck, maybe I should play some more drums. And then um, I just bought a new kit, actually. And like, just, Yeah, what do you got? I just bought like an old like 70s export, like a Pearl export. Nice. Yeah, just for like writing little break beats and stuff to feed into recording. And then I'm actually buying heaps of, uh, oh, I got one here, like these old vintage like 80s drum machines and stuff. And Yeah. Is that the 808 or something? Uh, no, I wish it was an 808. They're, they're very expensive. This is a... um. This is like a, a cheap little guy called a Roland R5. And I've yeah. got a couple over here. That's my new obsession, like feeding them into each other, creating quite crazy patterns. But um, yeah, I I love drums. Like drums are like, just just love drums. I swear that I can hear the drums in your vocal, which is the weirdest thing to say. No shit. Like I can, just the rhythm that you you get with your vocal patterns and whatnot. Like I feel like... Only drummers yeah. would do that. And I, I feel sorry for you at times because I'm like, when's he going to take a breath? <laughs> There's a lot of syncopation to me that feels natural because like a, a lot about being like um like a proficient drummer is less about like it, it's it's like being able to play on every intersection of the bar. You know what I mean? So it's like, and like we always talk about this in the band, it's like I'll enter at like a strange point you wouldn't feel very intuitive to someone who because like to me it's like maths and I'm thinking about like you count drums in like a one e and a two e and a three and a four so like yeah I do compose things like quite rhythmically I think and that's where I start more so almost than than melodically sometimes I heard like Hayley from Paramore and she she talks about it when she talks about how she writes rhythmically that that really like um resonated with me and I know other vocalists like um like chino from deftones he 
he played drums first and stuff, and I, I can sometimes I think I hear in him what you're saying. Yeah, just just a bit of rhythm in the in the vocal that like I feel like you wouldn't have if you just didn't know what you were doing on a drum kit, and it's special. It's not it's not it's not something that everyone has, you know. Oh, thank you. And actually, when I was talking to Beck Stevens, and we were talking about, I think it was Big Worry, her song. And oh yes, Big Worry. Yes, and she was telling me about the work that she that you'd done on that, and just some of your ideas. How you, like you were just saying, then I think you'd go, hey, in the pre-chorus, you got to change up the the way you're cutting in and, and doing that sort of stuff. And she also brought up your drumming face. She says you've got a really interesting drumming face. Oh yeah, it's identical to my orgasm face. <laughs> oh that's so funny that is so funny you were just talking about la as well so what do you do do over there you go over there and write songs are you writing songs for your own projects are you writing songs for others yeah a bit of both so it's just just it's been like a real just sort of using that muscle that i've been building up over covid and that really intense lockdown period of writing and and then just being really hungry for collaboration. So just like writing with all sorts of different people from around the world and for other artists and um and just loving it. Like just yeah. And you and, and I think like there's something to be said for like writing songs in a bedroom like by yourself on like a little nylon stringed acoustic guitar. Like I still love that and that's still how I write a lot of songs. But you know, a spontaneous not catchy while you're washing the dishes or there's still that. I love that. But I think there is really so much value in meshing together like two people with different backgrounds and making something creative like um and being on the spot like i really like the that deadline like that i don't know it's like a pressure cooker environment to write in because you have to make quick decisions and you can't overthink things and like you have to say sometimes your bad ideas to get to the good ones it's like it's a very freeing thing to just kill your ego for a second go i've had this idea it could be like awful but you stranger in the room what do you think i kind of i really like it are the boys in slowly slowly when you show them what you've got for an album that's coming up for example and you go hey this is what i got and they listen are they very constructive with their wording and how they speak to you about it or are they just like man this is sick let's record this yeah they're like just my biggest cheerleaders they're just the best but like and i take their opinions like extremely seriously so um, if they say I don't like this song or, 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 you know, the antithesis of that, if they say I really love this song, like it needs to be on the record. Cause I've been like cooking up a few other little projects lately. Um, and there's things for, you know, this dumb side project we're doing called too slow. And there's mm-hmm. some, some other stuff for myself that I've been doing. And I share nearly all of that with the band with, with slowly, just to be like, what do you guys think? And sometimes something for other projects have, per, you know, pricked their ears up and they're like, no, we, we want that. Like that can't be that. Sorry. And, and even things that don't concern them or that they're not involved in it, they're, they're just like, no, that one needs to be in. And it's just like, you're the boss. It's all right. So like, yeah, they're very instrumental, sorry, in the creating of. I'm blown away by how much is actually coming out of you because, um, yeah, this too slow. You know, I, I think when I saw that you were posting about it, it was like, Hey, these are a bunch of songs that I'm just churning out and I've turned into something else and it's a whole new project. And I saw with the pizza boxes and all that. It's such a it's a cool idea that you've done with this thing, but it's just crazy to see how much how many songs or good songs are oozing out of you. It's like a while. Too slow is so fun, man, because it's like we don't take it very seriously. And it's that style of writing is like, you know, it's because I think I grew up with it. It's, I find it like 
not easy is not the word, but it's like less uh, with with slowly I'm always trying to push the envelope and and upskill and really dig deep about like you know any epiphanies or revelations I've had inside myself and how I interact with the world. It's this yeah. it's a very serious thing. Whereas too slow is just like yeah, it's just it makes me feel like I'm in high school again. Too slow reminds me of get the skateboard out, flick your hat backwards, and start rolling down the street like the traditional pop punk sort of vibe yeah i mean it, it was uh a lot of it was built around our drummer murph because he's grew up playing in those skate punk bands which is a bit of a lost art like that style of drumming like i, I don't know how to do it he because a lot of i think younger people didn't grow up with it like right in that sweet spot of like 12 to 15 yeah. if you don't do that sort of drumming in that age you just you can't do it like the rest of your life you cannot do it it's murph is a machine so like in the same way that I guess Blink writes, wrote things around Travis a little bit. Like mm-hmm. we're just doing that. We're just like, isn't that, I think we were just talking in the van one day where we were touring and I was like, you're so good at that. Like, and I love that style of music. Like we should do like a fun little thing. And then it just snowballed, man. Like it's like, we got another EP that we've just finished and it's like, wow. we're going to put it out in like Jan or something. But it's 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 rolling by itself. It's so it's so fucking funny. That's so good. That is that is awesome. You bring up Link One Eighty Two. Obviously, you had I Miss You. You did with uh, Triple J, and that version. I remember just before I pressed play on it. You know, I'm thinking, geez, I wonder how they're going to do this version, and it just came out beautiful. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, it's incredible. I love I love the chords and that you use in the in the chorus and how it gets heavy there and stuff. Uh, Blink One Eighty Two, big inspiration for you guys. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, they're like, that'd be like, you know, one of the three circles in the Venn diagram that who makes up my musical tapestry. They are like, yeah, they're amazing. Like, it's just, yeah, that like, like a version was just such a source of stress for me because, like, I just didn't know which way to take it. Like, I didn't, and I didn't, uh, didn't want to like ruin one of my favorites. And it was very high high pressure but i'm really happy with how it turned out so it has this weird like almost like kings of leon vibe in the verses or something <laughs> yeah no it's 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 yeah. spectacular the way you guys did it with that triple j pressure like you know everyone's going to be listening right you must be like oh fuck here we go we're on now uh, it's yeah it's, uh, it, it is it is pretty fucked it, like <laughs> how much <laughs> how much you put yourself out there and yeah. like you you know what is it but i mean like you don't get any of the glory without the guts you got to you got to put your cock on the block. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I'm going to use that. Cock on the block. <laughs> That's good. Um, <laughs> Daisy Chain, it's been a year on. Uh, I saw you guys play. So you guys play with Stan Atlantic at, at Gosford, actually. I was at the Drifters oh, show. Shit. Oh, I remember that Gosford show. I remember that one. Okay. Well, I, it, was, it was spectacular, you guys. But what are you trying to say? Well, the bass cut out. First or second song, and we needed to Quail's paddleboard dying. So I remember that stress, and I remember, but it was kind of seamless how we did it. Yeah, I didn't. No one noticed. Didn't notice. Okay, that's good. And then um, we also had because we'd arrived really early that day, like eleven hours to kill in Gosford, and we were deliriously tired and hungover. We, I remember we just, we just started drinking uh, and then we were just, we were on the pokies and it was like, we had a really good, <laughs> we had a really good time in gospel. What time did you start drinking? 
Oh, I'd be ashamed to say, but I, it, was, it, was, <laughs> it, was a, it was a good time. We really liked Gosford. Um, we loved the people of Gosford. It well, none fun. of that was noticeable. No one knew that you were really? you were drunk out of your minds and no one knew that your pedal boards weren't working. I'm, I'm sure of it. How good. Yeah. Um, Scotty, a listener of the pod, he wanted to know, how do you go from the back of the stage? I know we were talking about this earlier, but to the front yeah. and just like the confidence you've got now. Like you just, when I watch you at Gosford, you're just crazy, you know, <laughs> on stage, you know, you're jumping around and you've got the mic swinging, everyone's holding you up, you know, you're going from this thing to the next thing. Was there a time where you you would never have done that? I think so. Like I was always very like shy and anxious on stage like when we first started. And I like, I still have like, no faith in my own ability in terms really? of like a live, live, like with singing and performing and like I'm just such like a harsh critic of myself. And that's something I need to get better at. But I don't know that I think it was actually, you know what, I'm having a realisation while I'm talking to you about this. I think it was like when I discovered that bottleneck of energy like in performance, that helped me like sort of like redirect I think a lot of the anxiousness on stage where I would be sort of out of body less mm. than, you know, when you're standing there and you're thinking, oh, my God, like I'm fucking, I'm fucked that bit up or, you know, here comes the big bit, fuck, 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 you know, like if all this stuff, like I think the antics of being on stage and, and jumping around and, you know, getting in the crowd or, you know, bowling through Murph's drum kit or something, they <laughs> they they have been a, almost a byproduct of just, being so like not being confident i don't know yeah. it's may, maybe like deep down it's a big thing of like i can distract them with the fact that i'm such a terrible singer if i um swing from this fucking thing and throw myself into the wall or, you know it's like i don't know isn't it crazy what you're saying like this band's giving you so much like not just the music and all that sort of stuff but confidence yeah. in yourself that i'm hearing just hearing you say that like imagine if you didn't have the band maybe you just you wouldn't have been so so confident. It's oh, amazing absolutely. what a band can do. Oh yeah, it's been such as like a springboard for all of our personalities in the band. I think like it's been beautiful to watch everyone come out of their shells over the years on stage. You know, even like Alex, who he mixed, uh, he, our bass player Alex, he mixed like the two slow stuff, and he also mixed early slowly records. And like we're just working more collaboratively than we ever have at the moment. And and like. You know, we're not confident people in the band. Like none of us are like uh, naturals at this. We had to like work for it. And, uh, yeah, it w- we would definitely be very different without the band. Yeah. Well, you've done incredibly well. You've got four albums out now. You've got – every time I look at a festival lineup, I see your name getting higher and higher and higher, and it's so cool. <laughs> Good things is happening. In December, you're up there with some of the biggest bands of our years. Do you, do you ever take a step back and go – Wow, I'm like playing with Fallout Boy. I can't, yeah. I, I mean, I was obsessed with Fallout Boy growing up. Taking Back Sunday, mm. The Biscuit. Like these have all been like chapters of my life. And I'm not talking like casual listener, like obsessions, like yeah. all through, all throughout. Like, you know, it's fucking crazy. I, you know, the, these, these moments, like you get a few in a row of the like, you know, that 15 year old me would just be like dying. But it's like the only way of like, actually mentally coping with that the magnitude of something like this Mm. is just almost 
like being a bit numb to it or something. Like I actually, in my head, like I'm like, is it going to happen? Like these good things going to happen? <laughs> like someone's going to take it away from you in the middle of the night or something. Yeah. Like you're going to, like we're going to wake up tomorrow and like I'll get cancelled or something or, like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like it's like good things won't happen. Like it hasn't really sunk in. I'm talking about it with you. Like it's, you know. Well, let's hope you don't get cancelled. Uh, good thing. <laughs> don't cancel me. Don't cancel me, Sean, for saying cock on the block. I already regret saying cock no, on the block. No, I like cock on the block. I'm using it. I'm using it. Thanks for <laughs> thanks for chatting with me, Ben. Good things happening in December. You can catch slowly, slowly there. But, uh, right. but yeah, don't leave your cock on the block. <laughs> Yes, nice guy. That is Ben from Slowly Slowly. Go and check him out at the Good Things Festival. I think this thing is almost sold out. Uh, I think Sydney has the only tickets left, or it's it's something like that. 95% of the tickets have been sold at Sydney. You can go to goodthingsfestival.com.au. Go and check out Slowly Slowly. Go and say hello to Fred Durst from Lip Biscuit as well. <laughs> Why not? Uh, it is a cracking lineup. All right, it's time for this. Yeah, this is the part of the show where you can write on in. Go to thestreetpresspodcast.com forward slash letters. You write it, I read it, um, as long as you don't abuse me too much. That's the rule. That's the rule we've always had. Uh, you can also click the link in the show notes right now. You can write me something. I know I say this every week, but it's always good to hear from the people who have been listening. Don't just sit there and, and hide away. Say good day. I want to hear from you. Anyways, this is from Sam Schumach. He's from Fangs. He says... Thanks heaps for the shout-out on your pod last week regarding the festival. So they are playing Fangstock. That's coming up in December. Blake Gutierrez, he was on the other week, and uh, he's also on the bill. But Fangs are leading the charge. It's going to be happening in Sydney in the inner west. If you love uh, punk rock music, go and check him out. And Fangs made a really funny video this week, and uh, I think that's what provoked uh, Sam to write that to me because I said, I have watched this video 50 times, and every time I laugh. <laughs> if you want to write into the Street Press Podcast, go to thestreetpresspodcast.com.au forward slash letters, and you can also request an artist, like obviously today. We had Ben on, and a lot of people were requesting him. There is a tab on the website where you can request to listen to someone. If you love what I'm doing, or if you enjoy it, or if you want to be a part of the street press community, you can become a member for $4 a month, not a week. It's 4 bucks a month. It is the cost of a few Chubba Chubs. And you can become a member. You get discounts. You get uh, to ask a few questions. Um, you get to be part of the community. Don't forget the podcast will always be free. So if you don't want to spend 4 bucks a month, totally fine. Do whatever you want. It's your life. You live it. And as for the Ritzy kids, so, yeah, we played the gig on Saturday, went off. It was good. It was a great night. Probably, I said to the boys as we walked off the stage, I said, I reckon this is the best gig we've played so far. Uh, in terms of just, like, you know, crowd interaction, um, the amount of people that were there, we were so lucky to ride the coattails of UMI. And, uh, yeah, general vibe, it was great. It, look, it was pretty close to the EP launch. The EP launch was fucking nuts too. Loved that. Yeah. If you want to come and catch us, we've got one more gig coming up. It's at Wombrel Ocean View Cafe. It is on December 3. It's a Sunday. It kicks off at 6 p.m. And it's just Andrew and I playing acoustically. So that will wrap up the year for us. We've got a huge year in store next year. We've got new songs on the way, and we are going to record them in the new year. All right, that's enough for this episode. Hopefully have your ears back here next week. 
Hope you have a really, really good week. Until then, ta-da. Ta-da.